I was lucky enough to grow with sisters. So every time that we were um, going out to some event or something, like they would be like, oh, that looks good or that doesn't look good. So they usually help me with when it comes to fashion. Shut up and sit down. All right. Good morning, everybody. So today is December 3rd. We're on episode number 34, I believe, right? Five. We're on 35, you see? I'm missing days now. Uh, this year has gone by so fast that now I clearly don't remember what days we're in. Um, so quick disclaimer, this is a, this is a conversation between me and Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, none of this is, a, well, all of this is for entertainment purposes only. Um, <clears throat> the only part you might want to take a little bit of advice from is the fact that I am a certified personal trainer. So whatever we say in the fitness section, if you would like to implement it, I would take whatever I say as some sort of recommendation. But again, we're limited there as well. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Let's get the show going. Hey, good morning, everybody. Uh, the topics for the day include on the personal development, fashion with minimalism, uh, fitness, what to do if you can't stick to a program, and on finance, a piece of, piece of advice I knew before investing or trading. All right. So um, let's get started with the personal development section. Fashion with minimalism. So what do we mean with with that? All right. So with that, what comes to mind is just trying to be fashionable without breaking the bank, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We talked a little bit about it the other day about, you know, getting clothing that looks good and it's fitted well to your body. Um, Again, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to spend a lot of money in order to make that happen. Uh, I would give you, I'll give you what I like to usually do. So I no longer like going to stores in order to shop. I usually find it to be inconvenient and it's kind of a waste of time. Um, So what I, so I just buy everything off of Amazon. (laughs) Now, you know, you could say like, Hey, what if the clothes don't fit or something? Well, you could always return it. Um, obviously it's not the same as like being in a store where the clothes don't fit. I can just try and do, uh, something else. Um, but usually you, <clears throat> if you do enough research and you look through the comments, you look at the reviews, you kind of get a good gauge of this is the type of clothing that you would like to wear and it fits well. Um, and obviously I usually look for the best deals. That's why we do e-commerce, right? We're looking for best deals and you know, the, the fact that we can just shop from home as opposed to needing to go to an extra store. So I'm always buying cheap. Um, that doesn't necessarily, that doesn't mean that the quality is bad. It's just the clothing is cheap because I'm usually finding things that are on sale. So when it comes to fashion and minimalism, I would say that that's a really good way to go about doing it. Um, but yeah, uh, I'll throw it over to you and then we'll come back. Okay. Um, anything else. Now, as you might have heard from my from previous podcasts, I usually don't buy clothes unless I really need it. So that's the only time that I go to the mall. And even when I go to the mall, I, sp- I don't spend more than half an hour in there because um, I usually know what I want and I know where to find it. So um, I have a specific stores for each like piece of clothing. Now, when it comes to like fashion, I do like to dress well. Um, what I usually do, I usually have plain shirts. Like I have white, I have five white shirts, three black shirts, and then I have four of colorful ones. So I usually have like selected ones. 
I naturally just like to rotate among them. Then I only own one pair of jeans, two khakis, and yeah, and like sweatpants. That's it. And a lot of those things, uh, those are things that I bought. But when it comes to like hoodies, jackets, and stuff like that, usually I have them from from gifts, like whether for Christmas gifts, birthday gifts, stuff like that. I usually don't spend much money on those. But yeah, so when it comes to minimalism, it's just knowing how to rotate. Like you can own a piece of clothes. And because like at this point, we're not growing anymore, like our sizes are not growing, we're no longer children. Because when it comes to children, that's when you know you like you gotta switch clothes, something bigger every year or every so often. But now we are adults now, so we not growing anywhere. Maybe we're growing to the size, but not to the height. Sideways, but, but you know, not so much in the height. I mean, but yeah, um, so usually what you have in your closet it works perfectly fine, and you can just rotate, have a combination. But just think about it. You can combine it in so many different ways as well as you always have something to wear, to be honest. Like you always yeah. have something to wear. Um, yeah. But yeah, like when it comes to, I actually don't buy too many things from Amazon. Like I actually barely spend. You're missing out, man. Yeah, I don't. barely, barely, barely go into Amazon. Uh, the only things that I have brought from Amazon is shoes. I got these uh, Chelsea boots from there three years mm -hmm. ago and still mm -hmm. have like this to wear very well. It's really mm -hmm. nice to see. Um, now, nah, but usually my stories are for pants or sweatpants, American Eagle, um, shirts and stuff like that. I usually like them from H&M uh, or Zara. I like, I like quality stuff sometimes. I mean, mm -hmm. H&M is not really quality, but you know, yeah, it's it's right. Right. but they're very, very useful. So that assuredly um, that brings to to mind. So like on Amazon, you can do the shopping of all these clothing brands as well, right? It's not like it's just like these stores are the only ones with these brands. You right. can find all of those on Amazon as well. Yeah, but like I said, I usually go get clothes when I actually need it. Like I literally go the day off. <laughs> so yeah, if I'm yeah, going yeah. somewhere, or if I like I need something the day off, I literally go in the morning to the mall and get it. And then, you know, I wear like the, that uh, afternoon or the evening. Mm -hmm. Like that's how I usually get clothes. Yeah, like. Same. But yeah. It's usually last minute. And when like I have nothing else, like I broke uh, everything else or ripped or whatever the case is. Yeah, usually um, it's like for special occasions, like, you know. But um, no, because like if you buy from Amazon, you got to wait like that two-day shifting, even with Prime. So, you know, yeah, you but I mean, I'm not really in that I much of a hurry. I usually get at least a couple of days before uh, a couple of days notice before I need the clothing. So mm. I'll make it work that way. But when it comes specifically to like suits and things like that, I would, I would generally go to a store for that mm -hmm. just because like, you know, that one you you want to make sure that's good. Same. Um, yeah. Actually for the suits, you definitely want a really good suit. Like you actually want to invest on the suit that mm. fits you well. And you know, it's quality because they're going to be with you for everything, like jobs, interviews, maybe like... Um, for the important things. For sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. you actually want to invest in one of them. Like I have a Express suit, Express suit and a Zara suit. Nice. And like, I just have like a rotation between them two. Like I have mm -hmm. one that is navy blue and the other one is black, like full black. Mm -hmm. So you definitely want to invest in the suit. 
because as as you grow as a professional, you actually want to, you know, have one of them in, in your closet, just for whatever purpose you might need. So that's the only thing that I would actually spend money on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so when it comes to like dressing well, definitely there's YouTube videos out there that can teach you how to dress. I was lucky enough to grow with sisters. So every time that we were um, going out to some event or something, like they would be like, oh, that looks good or that doesn't look good. So they usually help me with when it comes to fashion. So um, uh, that's how I learned, to be honest. But there, I, I used to watch videos as well, like, you know, like so, what is trending on the season and stuff like that. And chances are that you have that color and that you have those piece of clothes in your closet sitting there, just waiting there. So don't mm-hmm. spend too much money on that. And but it's oh one thing that I would definitely suggest to have in rotation, especially if you're a man, because I usually do my laundry every two weeks. It's a rotation of underwear, underwear and socks. Like I have literally I have like twenty underwears and like a lot of socks. Mm. Literally. <laughs> so, you know, if if you don't like to do I I that's one of the things that I hate doing is laundry, bro. Like, oh my god, ever since I was a kid, I used to hate it. Um, gotta do it, gotta do it, man. Yeah, but I, it's something that you gotta do. So uh, you should do it, like you know, every two weeks or so. Mm. So something that I wanted to add in. Um, so in terms of like the people that you could watch on YouTube, when I was growing up, I used to watch. Um, I don't know if you ever watched Alpha M. Oh, me that was too. a good guy. Right, yes, Alpha I mean, M. Yes. It's another guy called Teaching Men's Fashion. Um, uh, he's Mexican, I believe. Wait, I think I know which one you talk. Is this um? He's the guy that made guy, a, the, the, um, I, th- I think he's not Mexican. I think he's Guatemalan or something. Yeah, he's some type of Hispanic. Fashion. Wait, teaching means fashion. Yeah. There's like a clothing brand now. Um, and then the other guy. Yes, is, uh, I watch him too. I watch him yeah. too. Yeah. And the last guy is uh, Alex Costa. Um, Alex I believe he's Brazilian. No. It's pretty good. All these guys, they usually have a similar approach to their style, but right. I really like like what they recommend and stuff. That's where I got a lot of like the way I like to style myself. Now, because like I watched so many of their videos back in the day and I kind of learned a lot on my own, mm-hmm. I can kind of mix and match them like what I think looks good. Usually for me, I like the darker colors. So you're never really going to go wrong with like a black or a dark gray, navy. Right. These are colors that you can kind of match and mix around. And they always usually look good. And if you're somebody that's, you know, not particularly in shape, like, you know, it does kind of hide a little bit of the physique. Um, it kind of just blends in. So you definitely... Yeah, I would, I would definitely suggest, like, going to... Like, this is what I do for my plain shirts. I go to TG Max. Usually they have really good deals for, like, plain, plain like, literally plain shirt. Like, just all white, just all black, or just mm-hmm. all gray. Like, that's how you usually get them. And they're like good quality as well. Like they're on sale and they're good quality and they fit really nice as well. So mm-hmm. I usually have a rotation of those. Like literally I have a I have a drawer with all of them, like all just plain colors. Cause I, you know, like if you see me wearing black too often or white, like a whole week, I'm not wearing the same shirt. It's just that I have like a lot of them. And I, I like plain because I don't have to be stressing about like, like if you might notice about me, I usually don't wear things or like shirts with any sort of crafting mm-hmm. logos that, yeah, like that. I, I, hmm? you don't wear anything with logos yeah i, I kind of don't like to promote <clears throat> like i don't want to be like you know kind of like a, a 
fucking advertisement. They're not paying me. So, yo, this is actually something that I used to do when I was in high school. I used to take, uh, like, cut off the logo shit. Like, all this shit, I used to cut it off. Because they used to get annoying. And I used to be like, I don't want to know the brand of anything. But yeah, I used to, I used to be obsessed with that. Now I'm more, like, chill. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah, that also brings into mind. Like, again, I would say stick more with, like, plain clothing just because that's easier even easier to match mm-hmm. if you start putting yeah. in like logos and you start putting in designs and things like that it makes it harder to match and then it just becomes a problem because now the fashion starts becoming really just like complex and now you're trying to mix this color with that color and you're trying to mix this style with that style um but if it's just plain it just it's simple it's just put it on and that's it exactly yeah, that's something definitely I would encourage everybody to have in their in their in their drawers. Like plain shirts, plain shirts, one jean. You need one jean. That's for sure. Um but yeah, khakis, khakis are really important as you grow. So yeah, up. khakis, chinos, um chinos. in terms of shoes, I would tell you one like you said there, you got Chelsea boots, so definitely wear some chair get some Chelsea boots. Um you definitely just, need like one sport, um one sport. One like casual and one very formal, like mm. three pairs. All that's all you need to be honest. Yep. You don't and need then, that. Yeah, I mean, you got your white sneakers. Those are always nice. That's my that's um, my two go. That's my casual sneakers. Like literally, I don't have. I mean, I have my other shoes, but I don't wear them that often. And Actually, you know what? Shoes. We can save that as a as a different topic of just like going over like accessories oh, for yeah, the yeah, clothing yeah, for that sure. you have. Yeah, that way, yeah. we're not just like you know. Because we'll make this too long. Because there's a lot of stuff that we feel like he would that that yeah, look good and that are required to have a decent little wardrobe. So yeah, that'll be the next topic. Like, what should be in your wardrobe? Yeah, that actually that's a good topic. But yeah, so when it comes to minimalism, you don't have to go broke getting the Gucci belt. That's something that you should like. I try buying buying to be honest. In my opinion, like I usually don't go for like the brand clothing, like you know Versace or Gucci and stuff. I actually do wear Versace based perfume. The same thing. Yeah. It was a gift. It was not like I didn't buy it. I usually get gifts. <laughs> yeah. So stuff like that. Um, and everybody has, everybody has something that they love too much, and they probably buy it regardless that you need it or not. For me, are watches. Like mm. I love watches, and I there was a time that I used to be buying like 200, 300 watches. I mean, two hundred dollar watches. And I realized that that was not a really good spending, even though they look so nice, but it was not worth it because like mm-hmm. you only need one or two quality ones and that's, they do the job well to combine with any sort of clothing. But yeah. All right. Let's not jump too much into it because that's still, that's still the next topic with the wardrobes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. True. 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 But you know, right. it's mainly like, don't go broke thinking that. Yeah. Just keep it simple. You don't have to go crazy. Um, keep the style simple. That way it's easier to match. And next time we'll go over what you should have in the wardrobes. That way you have a good idea in terms of like what you should have some accessories. So like you were saying, watches, bracelets, necklaces, um, earrings, if you're into that. I don't think either of us are. Um, but yeah, we'll yeah, save yeah, that, we'll for, the, we'll that, save that for the next one. Yeah. Go, go, go. Um, what is next? Oh, wait, I'm doing that topic today. Yeah, Hold yeah. <laughs> what do we do to... Um, what to do if you can't stick to a program. Okay. So I'll get started with this one. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's a little, again, this, 
everything we talk about is related to individual. I can't tell you why something works for somebody and something doesn't work for another one just off the bat. Sometimes it's genetics. Sometimes it has just simply to do with motivation or lack thereof. But I would suggest this. If you're doing a program and this is obviously including some type of nutrition program and uh, exercise mm-hmm. routine, right? If you can't stick with them, then I would suggest probably don't do it. Like just completely stop doing it altogether. You need to start where you're comfortable. Um, so let's say hypothetically you're starting off with a diet and it's a keto diet, right? So for the longest period of time, you've been accustomed to eating a high carbohydrate diet. And all of a sudden I tell you no more carbs. Very quickly, you're going to notice that one, you're lacking energy. Two, you feel really uncomfortable. And three, you'll probably start getting lightheaded often simply because your blood sugars are always low and your body's not accustomed to this type of diet. So you always want to make sure that the processes of whatever you're going to do is gradual. You never want to go from zero to 100 because that's where people start getting these really crazy reactions. Um, and hell, you don't even know. Maybe if you switch from a regular diet, whatever you're eating now, to a keto diet, you, saw, you cause some sort of allergic reaction to something that you're supposed to eat on a keto diet. Again, you got to test these things out. Um, so always stick with the fundamentals. One, to increase, your ca- or to increase weight, increase your calories. To decrease your weight, decrease calories. The way you go about it, the healthier the food options, the better off you're going to be. When it comes to your training, now this, this one you can play around with a little bit more. Again, we've talked at length. There's a bunch of different ways you can train. It's not only one way. You can strength train in a bunch of different ways, right? You can do cardio in a bunch of different ways. You need to find what works, what, what you actually enjoy doing and what you want to improve on. Very simply, the reason why most people don't have success is simply because either A, they're not being consistent, or B, they're doing things that they have no idea how to do. Um, so again, I would say, I would suggest this. Find one program in terms of strength training or just a couple exercises in the strength training routine that you enjoy doing and progress on those. You don't have to be like a jack of all trades and master of none. Because the more you you have too much options, you'll never make progress in any one. So pick certain exercises and make the progression there. And that's for strength training. You do the same thing with your cardio. And with the cardio, you can even do it simpler. You can just do one exercise. You can either do running, you can do biking, um, or some sort of sport activity that you like doing, like soccer, basketball, whatever the case might be. Have that be your cardio. Um, and then obviously we always recommend that you get good quality sleep. So don't forget that. Don't skip on your sleep because everything that you do will mean nothing if you're not sleeping well. And that's it. Um, don't go again. Same way we just talked about the fashion. You don't have to make it complicated. Mm-hmm. The more simple it is, the easier it is to stick with. The harder you make it, the harder it is. In, the harder it's going to be to stick with it because we're creatures of just finding the best ways to get things done, finding efficiency with the things that we do. And if you're being really inefficient by doing too many things, you're not going to make any progress. I completely agree with that. Um, I do have a counter argument. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like to have like a alternative to something when let's say I get bored of like the same routine every day. Like I'm not a person of a routine, but if I get bored of that routine, I would like something that it's equivalent to what I'm doing, but you know, I can change it. I can bar- bar- write a little bit. 
I would definitely suggest rather than you know sticking to just one specific uh, specific specific uh, what is it called routine exercise or program. Try to see if you can find an alternative that have the same kind of effect on you. So, for example, this is this will work mainly for like exercising or working out more than in the dieting. But like working out, for example, like push-ups. If you don't like to do like okay, let's say you go a week doing push-ups, you're consistent about it, but you kind of tire a bit. Find an alternative. Like there's other ways. Like you can do a bench press or you can do uh, using weighted dumbbells. They're equivalent. Mm-hmm but they're more fun. You might be enjoy doing that. So you can experiment as seeing which one you like most and or you can just, you know, kind of like have alternative. One week you do this, one week you do that and you progress like that, kind of like switching yep. one. And you also give a break because the movement, they play a huge role when you exercise them well. So mm-hmm. like Randy mentioned that, you know, you gotta be, find something that you enjoy doing. That's important, that is true. But at the same time, you do want to get out of your comfort zone. You do want to challenge yourself a little bit as you progress. So it's mm-hmm. all about consistency and it's all about challenging yourself because if you just keep on the same movement, you just keep doing the same exercise, you're never going to progress. You do want to try something new. You do want to like with some time. So you, you, you want to include that after some period of time, maybe after a month or after two months, depending on the progress that you Except have. the three. What? Oh, after three. Yeah. But that's that is, that's my opinion. That's how I like to do it because I usually get bored of like one specific. And that's fine. Like, listen, there's a lot of people that that ends up being the same situation where they get bored. Mm-hmm. But again, you're gonna see the best results when you find something you can stay consistent with. If you keep kind of flip flopping, going back and forth between what you're doing, and you're not actively like going out of your way to again track what you're doing, right? Journaling down your workouts, seeing if you're doing any kind of progression. Are you increasing the the repetitions? Are you increasing the resistance? If none of these things are happening and you're kind of just doing the same thing and seeing no progress, then right there you have to sit down and reevaluate because again, obviously we are we're trying to, you know, be healthy and, and look good, but at the same time we want to make sure that the effort that we're putting in is worth something. Um right. and that's it. Okay. I would try that then. Mm-hmm. we'll see oh Ooh. and i was just mentioned we'll talk about it in the next time as well um like there's the there are like a bunch of variations for exercises right mm-hmm. and there's you can do different exercises for the same muscle group so we can talk about it at a later time about like what exercises for muscle groups specifically so that way you can have at least like two or three exercises you can do per muscle group right gives you a catalog yeah i think we have a topic in the ideas about that like which mm-hmm. exercise for a specific yep. uh, muscle group. We can do that later. Uh, but yeah, so moving on, um, let's go to finance. A piece of advice I knew before investing or trading. So what's something that you wish you knew before you start trading or investing? Oh, okay. So I got the topic wrong. I thought like this was something before I even started trading that I heard from somebody else or I knew. Um, so something that I wish I knew before I started was... Um, you got to, again, you got to be patient. Um, mm-hmm. Oftentimes you, you see these people that they make killings. They, they make big wins um, where they lock in like 10, 20, 30% profit. And with the money that they're trading with, that becomes like hundreds if not millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So to that end, you have to understand that 
they didn't get there like in a day. Most of these people have been doing this for decades. And like anything, this is a skill. And the better you get at the skill, the easier the progression will come. And then that's when you start seeing those results where you start getting those days where you start making crazy amounts of money. And again, it's a byproduct of putting in the work, being consistent, and just showing up. You got to show up every day and there's always something to learn, even when you fail, even when you lose. So you always have to have the mentality of what can I learn from the situation? How can I improve? Because the moment you're like, no, I got this, like I'm just going to go on a, on, on a win streak. That's the moment where everything goes sideways and you start losing your money. Right. Um, I definitely was going to say patience. But you ah, took that from I took me. it from you. Um, now, another piece of advice I probably wanted to know is to trust myself because let me, let me, uh, let me expand this. There are times that I have doubted myself because a piece of information somebody has told me or something that I read and I either didn't make the trade or made my trade based on that information and things had gone south. But mm -hmm. when my intuition was telling me to do something else or For example, when it comes to to buying something, or let, let's go with buying. So I saw that it was in red. Like I was like, okay, this might be a good position to buy. And I didn't buy it uh, because somebody outside, like on the news, they were saying like, it's going to keep dropping more and more. But a few minutes after it was in green and it was not dropping off. So I wish that, and this has happened to me like probably more than a hundred times because it's something that you see that every day or like mm -hmm. all the time. And this is what happened with Bitcoin as well. Because um, somebody told me about it. Somebody introduced me to Bitcoin. It was actually my boss who introduced me to Bitcoin when it was below $800 back in 2017, 2017, yeah. That's tough, bro. And uh, I did my research. I was like, damn, this is a really good buy. Back, back in the days, I only had like two grand because uh, I was just getting it started. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to put one grand, like actually get one Bitcoin. And then on the news, I started reading, 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 reading more and more and more. I found that like somebody was like, oh, no, it has no potential. It's probably going to crash and blah, blah, blah. And I only bought like $500 of it when I could have made more, so much more money on that. So mm -hmm. I didn't trust myself out. That's why I knew. That's why I knew that sometimes your intuition is telling you to do something and you gotta do it. Like even if you failed, to be honest, you learn better like that. So that's also something that I, I like, that's like a perfect uh, thing or segue to what I have in mind. So mm -hmm. you have to balance that intuition with mm -hmm. risk management. Um, right. So hypothetically, let's say, Your intuition was talking to you, right? And you're like, all right, I got to buy at least one Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> that's what your intuition is telling you. But with the risk management, you understand like, listen, I only have so much money available to trade with or invest. So again, I feel like that $500 investment would have been fine because you're like, okay, I'm not putting everything in. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm not putting everything in, but I, at least I have some skin in the game. You mm. have to always be go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go finish it up. I actually okay. have another one. Okay. So I would say always position yourself in such a way where you can take those opportunities whenever they come. Mm -hmm. But if you take that opportunity and it goes sideways or it doesn't go according to plan, 
it's not like it's not going to be devastating. You can either pull out the money and you didn't lose that much or your position size is so small that it's almost insignificant mm-hmm. and you can wait it out until something else happens. Either it recovers or uh, like a negative catalyst comes out and you see that this thing is just going to start crashing. So you might as well just sell or you hold right. on to it and it just doubles, triples and quadruples like a Tesla. Right. So now when it came to Bitcoin, this is my story with Bitcoin. Uh, I had the investment there. And with time, that's when it started booming. And it went all the way. I like, I put more money. Like once it reached to like two or three K, I put more money in there. And I, I actually own one Bitcoin, like at one point something Bitcoin. And it went to 19K. And I was like, oh, it's going to keep growing. It's going to keep growing. But my intuition was like, yo, sell it, sell it, sell it. And I didn't sell it until it crashed and it went back to 10K. And I was like, it's not worth it. I'm just going to keep it, hold it. And I literally hold it for until last year because um, I needed to do some cash movements. And I was like, this is not really growing. It's not just like, you know, staying there. Staying there. I did some, I did get capital, like good profit out of it, but it mm-hmm. wasn't as crazy. Like if I had held it until today that it reached right. the 20K. Yeah. So but it's, it's always still, cyclical. Yeah. But I actually needed the money back in the back then. And I, I've... 100%. Yeah, and I saw that my big, my long-term portfolio was giving me more return than Bitcoin. As I took it out. Sad Damn. story, but yeah, that was my story with Bitcoin. That's why I kind of don't want to juggle in between things. Like, even though it's a good trade, uh, it was a good trade, I don't see myself, like, you know, juggling between a lot of things, especially now that I'm, you know, in the finals and I got a lot of shit to do. For sure. Oh, yeah. so that also brings it to mind. So, Right there, there's a dichotomy, right? So you were saying that your intuition told you to sell back then. And, you know, obviously you needed the money and afterwards. So it was like you had to sell. Mm-hmm. But hypothetically, let's say you didn't need to sell and you could have held it. Right. I From could've. that point where you sold to where we're at now, you're basically at the $19,000 mark. And you would have, if you would sell now, you would make a crazy return. Oh, yeah, for sure. So again, the mark, this market is cyclical. You don't know when everything is going to come back. Mm-hmm. For you, like, what it peaked out at uh, 19k back in 2018 right 2018 yeah it took two years in order to get back to that point mm-hmm. so again it could be a week a month years before you get back to where you're at but i would say 90 percent of the time you're gonna get back there now i remember i was so hyped when it reached to then the first time and it was actually then 2017 I was so hype. I was like, I knew it. I knew it. That was a good investment. <laughs> but um, because I told you I was going to put more money into it, like most of my trade into Bitcoin, and I didn't. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that was fun. That was fun. Like, uh, it's crazy to live on these moments too. Because like, like, we're not going to see something like this ever. Well, maybe we will. Oh, not yet. Not well, yet. Soon enough, yeah. soon enough. But yeah. So it's something that you can tell to you. To, but again, yeah. like... Put yourself in those positions where, like, if the opportunity presents itself, you can take it mm-hmm. without any hesitation. And then hopefully if things go well, you know, you make your money and you make that trade. If they don't go well, you can either hold on to the position until it recovers or you sell out because the, the company or whatever the investment is, is just no longer a feasible thing to hold on to. And that's it. Right. Yeah, for sure. So that's a piece of advice that I would give myself. Like, if I went back to when I was 18, like trust yourself because, you know, you're learning and sometimes what you learn works better than other people's influences. And of course, risk management can play 
Do due diligence. Do your research. Otherwise, yeah, research. people are I mean, going to tell you stuff. I mean, that's the thing, though, that you, your own research uh, helps you come up with a conclusion that it's going to work out. So, I mean, even if it doesn't work out, you learn. You yeah. Because you made your research, you know what might have gone wrong and stuff like that, rather than just reading through, um, like, a newspaper or now that the group chats, you know, like, those groups that they exist, like, you know, they just give you, they just say, oh, they just throw information at you, boom. Yeah, they they just say, like, they give, they're going to go up, they're going to put down, buy, sell, but you don't understand the dynamics of the trade, why it's happening, why it's going up, why it's going down. So if you actually do your homework and you make your own decisions, you start getting more into this intuition that I'm talking about. So that's the piece of advice. After after being patient, because being patient is key. Uh, that's something fundamental. That, no. I'm I'm usually not patient at all when it comes to like stuff. Like I literally like to be on time. Like if I said, let's say a.m., I'd be like on a.m. <laughs> no matter what. But uh, actually, nah, I can't lie to Randy because I'd be I'd be. But nah, see, like I'd be work, waking up like five minutes before. And I'd be like, ah, should I get into the car? I'd be like, nah, let me just wait until like 6.30 <laughs> on the dot. Until he texts me that he knows like he's ready because I cannot be there just waiting, standing like in the car. I'd rather make people wait than me waiting. <laughs> That's me. You're like a girl, bro. Damn. How? Nah, it's just me. Like I, patience is, is fundamental. I learned the hard way, but I used to be a very impatient kid. Now I'm very, but uh, that very comes with time, right? That's just experience yeah. and time. You'll start seeing, like, listen, if I'm not patient with these things, then it doesn't matter. It's just not going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Gotta be All right. Patient. All right. I think that covers it. Uh, so many good news or bad news. From my end? Um, so, again, the, so I was telling you earlier, did you check the Instagram? Because mm-hmm. I went as low as I lost 15% yesterday so that was equivalent to about 4k i lost it in the span of like an hour before the market opened was this neo this is neo and a little bit of tesla but mostly neo so neo (laughs) went from so i had an average purchase price of 48 and it dropped all the way and then it dropped all the way down to 38 and market opened yesterday and i'm sitting in with over 300 shares so that's a lot of money um Luckily enough, the position almost fully recovered at this point. We're right now sitting at 47.60. So you could have gotten in earlier yesterday. You would have definitely gotten a great return on your investment, like 20% from bottom to top. But uh, yeah, definitely not the greatest of times. But I was feel I feel like a lot of this is just happening simply due to the fact that, again, a lot of the hype in the EV sector is starting to just die down. And like, you know, prices are starting to come back down to more of a, a normal range where they're actually valued at as opposed to just like where the hype is. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a bunch of fraud allegations with some of the EV or one of the EV companies in China. So that pushed off some negative news and um, the, you may, might want to talk about it or you have it on the list there, but uh, the government was talking about <clears throat> delisting some companies based out of China that don't comply with the, um, the regulations of the U S stock market. Mm-hmm. So they ruled that um, they would be delisting these companies moving forward, but that's not going to happen for the next three years unless the companies comply with the uh, the U.S. regulations. So we'll see about that. 
Um, and besides that, I feel like, uh, yeah, the markets are doing pretty strong, pretty good. Uh, that Apple, that Apple put oh, or God. option that you have. Uh, oh, yeah. That's been pretty good, right? Or Apple sitting now at 123. I'm looking at here. So mm-hmm. nice recovery. We're looking like we're back on towards making higher highs. Um, I also yes. saw that they're coming out with a processor, right? A CPU. Mm-hmm. Well, so, they already have the, the Apple processor, the A1 okay. chip for them. It's uh, kind of like that, what they have on the iPhones, but for computers, which is yeah. really interesting. And that's why it gives them the advantage. Like they no longer have uh, contracts with Intel. But still, Intel, it's, um, well, I have some shares on Intel. Still, Intel is holding it strong. But uh, AMD is definitely per- outperforming Intel right now. Now, when it comes to individual uh, trades that I have made yesterday, I invest- I actually took a bigger position on NEO, what it reached to like 38. So once it bounced back, it really, it gave me like a really good return on that. Mm-hmm. So now I'm holding with some shares of NEO. No, this is actually for my long-term portfolio. So I'm not planning to sell it anytime soon. Um, sure. Yeah, uh, also invested on Jumia. Remember we talked about that? So mm-hmm. I was looking into it and it really has a lot of potential, especially right now they actually signed a contract with um, with with somebody. Fuck, I forgot the name. Um, but it's pretty much for like deliveries in Africa. And also one curious fact is that it's based on Berlin. So the hard mm-hmm. headquarters are in Berlin. Not Germany, just so. in Nigeria. Yeah, so I was that I found that interesting, and it has a lot of potential. So yesterday it went down to like twenty eight. I already bought some shares on when it was like around twenty nine. On twenty nine, yesterday it went down to twenty eight. I was like, this is a good buy. I bought it. A few minutes after, it started going into green. So right now it's just, it's standing at thirty three twenty five. So nice. I'm a, I'm gonna hold this for the long term as well. See how far it can grow. But it's a really good company that, you know, like Mercado Libre, like we talk about, because I was looking into Mercado Libre, but Mercado Libre, but it's too expensive. And that's the no, thing that kind of drives me away, because like the only market that they have is mainly Brazil and Argentina. Mm. But when it comes to the other sectors in Latin America, because it's not big in Mexico yet. So that's the only thing. And it's too expensive right now. I feel like it's going to go down and definitely will try to get in like a like a partial share or something but mm-hmm. it's really good um so you, you should uh at least like give a little bit of a description what jumia and mercado mercado libre is oh yeah sure so jumia and mercado libre are pretty much like amazon but for like developing countries so mercado libre is for latin america so like all latin america it's pretty much the new amazon from there and jumia is for the for the african continent or for like some of the African countries, like most developed African countries in there. So what they do is e-commerce. And what Jumia, it's a little bit different than Mercado Libre because Mercado Libre is mainly like, you know, like the e-commerce aspect. Jumia, on the other hand, is getting involved similar uh, business strategy as Amazon. So getting into actually not Amazon, same, same as Uber. So aside mm-hmm. of e-commerce, they're going into the food delivery as well as the delivering of like, like the no, Amazon factor. does food as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but they, they do mainly groceries. More groceries, yeah. Yeah, but this one is actually like restaurants and stuff like that. So like Uber Eats and stuff, right? Yeah, like Uber Eats, exactly. So it's a little bit different. Some of the challenges that they face is that um, there's no uh, infrastructure well put in Africa, nor Latin America, 
uh, that where you have addresses, like physical addresses, like, you know, the number, zip code and stuff like that. So that's some of the biggest challenges because like, where can you get, you know, your, your, your package? Email. You don't have an address. Like there's no way to do it, but they're coming with solutions. I think it's innovating. One solution that I saw proposed by Jumia is to have like mailboxes in cities where people can go and pick it up from there with an ID or like a receipt. So that's mm-hmm. a really good um, strategy, but they definitely have the power or like the money also to maybe uh, invest on the, on, the, on, the, on the government, on the infrastructure. So there's a lot of potential on that, um, especially when it comes to African market because they're really um, developing, especially South Africa and Nigeria have been at leaders on that aspect. Now, on my option call for Apple, I'm waiting so I can gain 1K profit on that one. Right now, I'm on 812. My possibility is that Apple is going to go to one uh, to 125 by the end of the month if it's not bigger than that. So once I reach the 125, my call is going to be worth 1K. So I'm waiting for that. And once I reach to the point or it goes to my expiration date, which is the end of the month, I will sell it. Uh, it was a good trade with options. I think I'm going to start trading options a little bit more. But <laughs> I mean, you yeah, got a great return off of those, just two, those two calls, right? Yeah. And yo, and the same thing I was telling you, uh, when I was buying the option call, I was going to buy more shares. And now, I mean, more, not shares, more calls. And I only put down two. I was going to put down at least five. And it was like one K and something because each call is multiplied by a hundred. But instead of that, I was like, it's my first, well, it's not my first time, but like, I was like, oh, I'm just taking up, you know, I just want to see what happens. But I knew it was going to go up because Apple was at 113 when I bought it. And right now it's on 125, 23, literally. But look, that goes back to like we were, we were just talking about uh, risk management and your intuition, mm-hmm. right? So your intuition is telling you to sell right uh, 125 or not higher, right? But with your risk management, you only took two calls because this you weren't really 100% sure, but you had like an 80% probability that this was going to be successful. Right. Yeah, for sure. But now you can move forward with the information that you have and, you know, make bigger plays and, you know, take your profits and do something with that. Yeah, no, for sure. Definitely. It was a good, it was a good run. Like I don't regret it. And to be honest, it was a good profit. Definitely a good profit. Mm-hmm. Other than that, we should end it now because it's getting too long. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So thank you for listening, everybody. I will see you tomorrow. Mañana is Friday. So have some shots. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that. <laughs> I'm going to finish a whole bottle. <laughs> okay. Oh, Jesus. All right, All right man. Stress. Thanks. Peace. And peace out. <laughs>